You're listening to Discutafel podcast, your green audio about gardening, the outdoors and sustainability. Hello, so you're in for some green audio. That's nice and you're at the right address here at Discutafel podcast. My name is Yvonne Smit and I'm your host. This is episode number 137, which was released on March the 16th, 2023. What's up in this show? Well, it's the last part of our series on Milner Gardens and Woodland in Canada, and especially about their rhododendrons. But when I did research after my trip to Canada, I found some interesting facts about these plants. They even involve poison and a siege in ancient history. You'll soon find out more. First, an introduction to the estate, for those of you who have not yet been able to listen to earlier episodes of the series. This episode is one part of a rather extensive series of shows around Milner Gardens and Woodland in Canada. I visited the place in August 22. You can listen to each single episode separately, or one of them, or all of them, in the sequence of your own choice. In case you need an explanation on a name mentioned or so, please go to other episodes in the series or contact us at Discotafel. Milner Gardens and Woodland is an estate on the east coast of Vancouver Island, along the Strait of Georgia, and near the charming town of Quallican Beach. It's 28 hectares in size, which is the equivalent of 70 acres. Most of the site is woodland. There's also a garden, and the family house of course, and it's open to the public, so we went there. In this series, you get an audio impression of Milner Gardens in Woodland, and you'll learn a thing or two about the people behind the estate, the natural natural vegetation, the gardening style, the house with the stunning view, the special rhododendron collection, and the educational programs. And during making this series, I learned a lot too. The estate is a multifunctional place. It has links to British aristocracy, once innovative garden styles and modern ways to protect hybrids and nature. The more I read about it, the more interesting it got and I got convinced that this Discutafel should share the findings and thoughts with you, podcast listener, in separate shows, each with a special theme. There we go with this episode. Discu knowledge. Milner Gardens and Woodland in Canada is famous for its 
rhododendron collection. And this plant is the subject of this podcast episode. In the old days, former owner Mrs. Veronica Milner, she planted hundreds of rhododendrons in the woodland garden at the estate. And this woodland garden still features hundreds of rhododendron varieties and they need to be named. There's also a special rhododendron species garden and this garden has about 230 species of rhododendrons along with companion plants. But I must confess the history of the unidentified hybrids on one hand and the accurately registered species on the other hand, this history was not yet very clear to me when I visited the place. I had been so overwhelmed by the beauty of the landscape and all the hikes we had made in the week before that somehow I could not digest all this information. So in this episode you'll first hear your ignorant podcaster talk rubbish while standing near Veronica's old rhododendrons in the woodland. And then I hope to compensate this by sharing some newly acquired knowledge and insights about rhododendrons and I do this from our own studio in the Netherlands. For instance, did you know whole armies were poisoned by rhododendron honey back in ancient times? Well, keep listening and I'll tell you more about it. Firstly, you hear my Canadian recordings, made in the woodland, where I see the undergrowth of Veronica's old rhododendrons. I had not yet discovered the species garden yet, let alone the identification project of all those old plants. Anyway, early in the coverage, you hear me reading aloud the text on one of these signs, which explains the hybrids and the species of rhododendron on the estate. Disco coverage. The way I experience Milner Gardens and Woodland at the moment is that it is not really a display garden, not a garden for people who want to get inspiration about new flower arrangements and color combinations. It's more a woodland garden with shrubs and uh, carpet plants on the forest floor and big, big trees. One of the important collections of these gardens is the rhododendron collection. The lady of the house, Veronica Milner, was a painter and it was with the artist's eye that she envisioned a wild woodland garden amongst the forest. So that's why she planted rhododendrons and really by the hundreds, a reminder of her grandmother's estate in England. In the 1950s, the Milners became friends with owners of a nursery not far away from here. It was Mr. and Mrs. Greg, and they specialized in species and hybrid rhododendrons, importing seed and nursery stock from England, of course, and they were award-winning rhododendron hybridizers, and the Milner's Garden became home to many of their new introductions. Today, the historical rhododendron collection numbers 500 specimens spread over 10 acres of garden. 
A combination of unique species and rare Greek hybrids make this collection worthy of preservation. Small shrubs that were planted over 40 years ago have grown to tree-sized proportions, creating a rhododendron forest. Efforts are being made to propagate the collection so that these extraordinary plants can be enjoyed for years to come. So here I am in the rhododendron garden and I see those big plants around me on the left-hand side of the path and the right-hand side of the path. And it's, it's well, it's good to see that the that these are all rhododendrons, but they have different shapes of leaf and different colors of leaf. We're outside the flowering season at the moment. It is August now, but you can still see the differences, especially when you look on the back side of the leaves. Some of them are brown and really, well, a bit fluffy. I think for um, horticultural interested people, they, this is a very important garden, but it is not very pretty. Most stems are don't have any leaves anymore. They look old, they look fatigued, and they ask for big pruning to be uh, vivid again. But then again, this garden has another meaning. And uh, I know that they want to propagate these plants. You sometimes have to let them grow very big. So that's the case here. It all makes the garden a little bit, well, not, not very neat. You should go here when you like the romantics of a, an, a garden which has been very pretty in the past, but which has been a little bit overgrown at the moment. It has its own charm. Disku knowledge. As for some of the rhododendrons in the woodland planted by former owner Mrs. Veronica Milner, they are yet unidentified or carrying names from old plant tags that require verification. Many of the old plant tags are illegible or engulfed in the bark of specimens, so there's lots of work to, to do to name all those plants. Well, now that I know that, I understand why these plants looked out outgrown, overgrown, not being cared for. Efforts are being made to name and propagate them, so they'll be fine in the end. Perhaps Veronica Milner's love for rhododendrons has something to do with her family history. Veronica's grandmother lived at Blenheim. Blenheim Palace in Oxfordshire in England, and this palace is the home of the Dukes of Marlborough. It's the place where Sir Winston Churchill was born, by the way. Anyway, Blenheim sits in the centre of a large park, a classic example of the English landscape garden. Not at all a former garden style. Apparently, rhododendrons were planted there, to impress the guests, I think, and as cover for a game bird. 
people at the time had no idea of the ecological consequences in the 21st century. I'll talk about that in a minute. So, we have the rhododendrons planted by Mrs. Milner in the woodland. And we have the Gregg rhododendron species garden, which opened to the public in April 2018. It's an area of Milner gardens that was formerly forest. Some old trees, trees remained and others had to make room for the shrubs. The rhododendron garden was named in honor of Ted and Mary Gregg. They were relations of Veronica Milner and they were pioneers in creating many of the early hybrids found in Milner Gardens and Woodland. Some of these Gregg hybrids are unique. They combine fragrance with midsummer bloom. And those are both rare qualities in rhododendrons. This Gregg rhododendron species garden is designed uh, in such a way that there are six global geographical areas and two of those geographical areas are in Europe that's southern Europe on one hand and the Middle East on the other. As you may have noticed Great Britain has not its own area here and you'll soon found, find out why Vancouver Island, the place where Milner Gardens and Woodland is, well, Vancouver Island is one of the few areas in Canada where most rhododendrons can flourish. Rhododendrons are a native species to the island, but they're also native in other places in the world. However, the wrong species in the wrong place can cause problems. And reading this, I had to think about Blenheim Palace again because the rhododendron ponticum, also called the common rhododendron, this plant is native to parts of the Iberian Peninsula, Eastern Europe, West Asia, but not to Britain, at least not after the last ice age. But they were planted there in England by Victorian gardeners and are now considered invasive in Northwestern Europe. Well, this all explains why the rhododendron species garden in Canada has no area designated to Britain, which is not their natural habitat. Rhododendrons that are native to British Columbia and to Vancouver Island are the Pacific rhododendron, the Lapland rose bay and the white flowered rhododendron. Somehow I've always assumed rhododendrons don't suit an eco-friendly garden, perhaps because these plants were introduced to Britain and other countries in the 19th century and wildly planted in parkland as cover for game bird. 
but now I realize it's not a black and white situation. Rhododendron species have a role in nature, like all other species, of course. They are insect pollinated and they produce large amount of sugar-rich nectar in order to reward the pollinators who visit them. A number of species of bees are known to pollinate rhododendron, including honeybees. But surprisingly, the nectar contains high levels of toxics, chemicals which are usually produced by plants to reduce the foliar grazing. The other day I read an article by expert at Kew Gardens in, uh, in England about this uh, rhododendron poison. And the experts mentioned some notable historical events around mad honey, as they call it. Mad honey is the toxic honey produced by bees who have been feeding on nectar of rhododendron, ponticum. One of these events happened in 65 before Christ. King Mithradates VI of Pontus, is his name, he placed toxic honeycombs strategically along the roadside in advance of an invading Roman army as a trap. The Romans marching along the road, they stumbled upon this apparent gift from the gods. They ate the honey and poisoned themselves in the process. The chemicals in the honey made them nearly unconscious. It was a piece of cake then for the army of the King Mithridates VI to slaughter them. According to these experts at Kew, it's possible that the toxin is an adaption that allows rhododendron to filter out less preferred insects and conserve the nectar reward for just the best pollinators which can tolerate the toxin. So, rhododendrons produce toxins to protect against herbivores feeding on their leaves. The toxins occur in nectar too, where they ensure that only the best pollinators visit the plant, the pollinators that can tolerate the toxins. This is a very interesting article and this article on hidden poisons in rhododendron nectar, uh, it's, uh, there's a link of it in uh, the show note of this podcast episode. You've been listening to the fifth and last part in our podcast series about Milner Gardens in Woodland. All earlier episodes have been released in the first quarter of this year, 2023. I hope you enjoyed the coverages and are inspired by Veronica Milner, her garden style, the rhododendron story, the birds on the background and the learning program for kids. There's more to come about Gardens in Canada in Discutafel podcast. Listen. Discu finish. Getting interested to, to know more about my adventures in Canada with gardens, I suggest 
go to our episode list, our podcast episode list, and you'll find it on your uh, playlist on the streaming service you're using or on your podcast app. Depending on the date you hear this show, you will find one of more episodes on Canada. We also publish blogs on the subject on our website discutafel.nl. Thanks for listening to Discutafel podcast. We publish new green audio for you at least every four weeks, in Dutch or in English. The release date of the next English episode will be soon, but is not yet known. Just stay tuned. And in the meantime, let's go outside. And until next time. <laughs>